Thank you everybody for taking a moment to spend your Saturday here with us and what a Saturday it is. Not only are we talking about a huge, huge topic today, of course, that is really afflicting, just staggering statistics in the world with people being uh, touched in some way by cancer. But on the flip side of that, we are excited, just thrilled, just thrilled to be back here on BBS Radio. So thanks, Don and Doug and everybody in BBS land. We are thrilled to be back here and to have what a, a wonderful guest, actually two guests today, sharing their background and world on the world of cancer and how it is able to be uh I don't even know if we can say uh, monitored, help, prevented, but we know that there's a world of knowledge out there and there's also a world of speculation as well as questions. So I brought in an excellent expert that I've very much been looking forward to talking to for some time and getting the timing right is right now. So I'm very thrilled to have here today Dr. Marilyn Joyce, who is the Vitality Doctor with an absolute wealth of experience. If you don't know who she is, she's been on Montel and L and NPR and TLC. I mean, she's just a wonderful media darling because she really knows what she's doing, saying, and she knows it because it's been a personal journey of hers herself. So I could go on and on about her resume and her highly acclaimed books, but we're going to talk about them today. And of course, you're all going to go to drmarilynjoyce.com after you hear this show. So let me welcome her right now, Dr. Marilyn Joyce. Thank you for being here on Zeta Global Radio and sharing your wisdom with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Lainey. I am thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I feel like we've been on a journey and it's interesting. Like we know just from being enlightened beings that it's just trusting in the alignment and the knowing and of when it's going to line up. And, you know, when we kind of touched base a few years ago, I had nobody in my life at that moment, but then a dear friend, a young, young woman and just turned 40, Fiona Faye, she was actually, uh, was on our show two years ago and she passed away last year. And my mother-in-law's in the middle of uh, a cancer crisis too. So cancer is very up on the radar and not just for me, but I'm sure to many of our listeners. But we want to leave everybody today with some incredible tips and support and uh, wonderful, wonderful perspectives on how we can, you know, combat this, prevent this, support this, and integrate it into more of a, a beingness of like, okay, we can we can process this if it comes into our lives. So I'm going to let you begin by just sharing a little bit about your background so people even know, if they don't know who you are, which I'm surprised they don't with all your wonderful books, what you're all about and why you are the Vitality Doctor. <laughs> Well, thank you for that wonderful introduction as well, Lainey, because, um, you know, it is when you talk about a journey, there's no question that we are all in some way going to be impacted by that thing called cancer. You know, as we discussed before, one in two men, one in three women will be impacted personally by cancer. So you can only imagine how that's going to impact the entire network of family and friends for each of the, these individuals. 
And oftentimes when I walk into a room, a a seminar room where I'm doing a keynote, I will walk out into the audience and have people look to their left and to their right and bring up that statistic because it's astonishing when you think that in 1950 to 55, the average, uh, I mean the stats then were 1 in 50 to 1 in 55 people being diagnosed with cancer. So it's, you know, it, it's an incredible number of people being impacted by this thing called cancer. Are you going to share why those statistics have just dramatically increased? Because those are huge numbers, and it's, it's obviously jarring and scary, and we're trying to find a way to stay grounded when we know these elements are f- true facts. <laughs> yeah, they are, and I would definitely want to share that because I think that most people don't, they feel guilty about it when they're diagnosed with cancer. They feel they've done something wrong because, you know, there's this, there is a lot of talk about it. it. We create our own journey, and I do believe that on many levels, that we create our own journey. But there are a lot of other extenuating circumstances that lead up to that. And one of the things that I learned in my own personal journey with cancer uh, was that it was much more than just a physical illness. Um, for example, when Dr. Siegel, Dr. Bernie Siegel, who I'm, I'm sure you... Of course. Yes. Okay, well, he is an amazing man because I believe that, and I could be wrong, but I believe that he was the first doctor to literally throw the, name, the, the numbers off the chart and put the name of the, the patient on the chart. The person became a person instead of an object or a number. And mm. he talked about compassion. And I, I had the blessing when I was 88 pounds in a wheelchair, given less than two weeks to live. I had the great experience and gift of being taken to one of his seminars, which was where I was introduced to him personally. Now, I had read some of his materials and books at that point in time because that was my fifth year in the journey of cancer. But when he basically said that cancer was basically the manifestation, the physical manifestation of unresolved emotional issues, it was like somebody had slapped my face on both sides and top and bottom. Mm. I just woke up because, you know, when you look at your, we can all look at our own lives and look at experiences we've had that we've never really resolved, emotional experiences. And mine's a long story, and I'm not going to go through the whole journey, but I did grow up with a mother who was diagnosed with schizophrenia, paranoid schizophrenia when I was six, and a father who was never available due to alcohol and his work. So, so when, even when he was around, he wasn't really around, you know? So I could yeah. trace it back. And, but I had never really looked at it that way because when I was fighting the, that journey, and I will say fighting, I mean, there was no stone unturned when I was looking for the magic bullet or the miracle cure. But the fact was that while I was going through that journey, I had never really looked at my own inner stuff. I mean, I talked about it, but I, intellectually but I never really explored it. Were you on this journey as a, an expert in nutrition and in sort of your life calling prior to your diagnosis? Or was that the changing point for what you were going to do in what you do now, bringing your gifts out to the world for others? Do you know, that's a great question, Lainey, because quite honestly, I was in the field. I was working in hospitals and and I was a dietitian, a registered dietitian with my um, master's at, at that point in biochemistry and human nutrition. And that was really, if, if, if you couldn't show me, I wasn't going to listen. That was basically the way, I, I, the way it was. Show me and, and then we'll talk. 
you know, and my father's name was Thomas, so I used to say I inherited the doubting Thomas gene. Interesting. <laughs> but as time went on, I real, you know, as I, as I was going through the journey myself, and I I feel like on many levels now that I could, it's 27 years later, I can look back on that and say it was a gift. When you're going through it, it does not feel like a gift. And I would never, ever say that it is. But for me, on many levels, I feel now that it was a gift because it was, it was a turning point in the way that I looked at it. And it was a turning point in the way that I, I viewed cancer as a whole. Because I was working with people who had chronic uh, health challenges. They were older. And at that time, quite frankly, anybody who was diagnosed with uterine cancer, which was the second cancer I was diagnosed with, they were usually older in years. Now, that's not the case today, but back then, they were older in years. You know, they were uh, older men and women that were diagnosed with, well, older women, uterine cancer, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, et cetera, the the hormone-based cancers. And men who were older were diagnosed with prostate cancer. Again, a hormonally hormonal imbalance was going on there. So basically the hormonally related cancers were older patients. Today, I mean, and even 20 years ago, I began to see young women in their 30s being diagnosed with uterine cancer and ovarian cancer, and I saw young, very young girls. I've seen girls as young as 12 years old diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's shocking. And it's, you know, the, now the good news in all of this is that more people are living who are diagnosed with cancer now than back then because back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, it was almost like a terminal uh, uh, diagnosis when you were diagnosed with cancer. And there were reasons for that. One, we didn't have the test to uh, determine cancer early. You know, so early detection was almost unheard of. And cancer is one of those things. I mean, even for me, the doctors misdiagnosed the uterine cancer for, year, for at least two years. Um, all the pain and everything that I was going through, they attributed it to PMS, you know, premenstrual syndrome. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. And so when I was diagnosed with melanoma, which was the first cancer I was diagnosed with, that's when they took the, the other, they went further and, and did more tests to determine what was going on in my uterus. Sorry, I remember back when I think I was very, you know, I was younger and the first sort of newsworthy shock at that time was the cancer diagnosis for Gilda Radner. And I think that kind of put like red alert into women across the world, no matter how they, old they were. Do you remember like that impact? <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, it was a shocker. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we've had several shocks like that, but that was truly one of the first, if not the first real shocker for women where it was like a wake up call. Right. You know, oh my goodness, this could, this could actually happen to me or someone I love. And, uh, and I mean, you know, going back to the question, before I was diagnosed with cancer, I was working with you know, I, I loved the work I was doing, actually. I was working with diabetes and what is now termed as diabetes. And I was working a lot with the Native American population, which actually was, was what brought me down to the States from Canada a lot because I was working in uh, Taos, New Mexico, and uh, various other areas in the New Mexico area with the Native Americans because of the high diabetes or oh, yes. obesity and diabetes. Yeah. So that was what I was working with, and I really loved my work. But as 
the world turns and you go through your own diagnosis of some form of illness, oftentimes that's where you start putting a lot of energy in looking for cures for yourself or, or, or treatments for yourself. And in that process, I became more, I, that's how I guess how I became considered an expert in working with cancer. And then as time went on, and I interviewed people like Dr. Bernie Siegel and Dr. Carl Simonton and um, other people in the health field who were really well-known at the time and looking at the psychoneuroimmunology aspect of health, um, that's when I literally developed a passion for dealing with cancer. And then I was the director of nutrition for the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, during which time I worked with every form of cancer you could ever imagine. And with Beautiful. every kind of personality, yeah, it was, it was probably one of the most rewarding jobs I ever had. You know, I've, most of my life I've been an independent contractor and worked for myself, but that was a, a job I had that, where I actually went out to work and I ended up traveling around the world and meeting people around the world as I was asked to speak and, and to spread the word that there's hope. Um, that and that's what opened me up to writing books as well about health. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about where you are now, what you are doing, and some best tip practices that you experienced along your journey that you can impart to those who may be out there listening to this as well. You're listening to Lainey Savante Wilkin here with Dr. Marilyn Joyce on Zeta Global Radio. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to Zeta Global Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you're just tuning in for the first time, make sure you go back and listen to this replay because it's so important. You learn everything you can today with our expert here, Dr. Marilyn Joyce, a vitality doctor, best-selling author, sharing her own wisdom from her journey. And what you shared in the last segment really touched on me because this is what I've heard so often, especially for people who have more of a spiritual journey and more evolved in their consciousness and have taken to the point of knowing how important it is to clear, clear out the internal closet, tap into that subconscious, release old wounds, not only for their sake of just having balance in their life, but because those locked tissues need to get released. And so let's talk more about what you said. And I've heard this before from other cancer survivors who are spiritual who said it's just a vibration. So you had said it's unresolved emotional uh, trauma and uh, unresolved issues. So can we talk further about that? Because once you learn that, is that a new path that helped you move out of cancer into health? Oh, it was a huge missing piece of the puzzle at the time. Because, I mean, I literally did everything that you could imagine physically to get well. I mean, I traveled around the world looking for the magic bullet, the miracle cure. I shot 714X into my veins. I took, you know, uh, uh, trying to think of all the different things I used. But I literally tried every supplement, every nutrient, every nutritional program that existed. And I would get well and go into remission, and then bang, I'd be diagnosed with cancer again. But when I learned about the emotional piece, and I was asked a question by Dr. Siegel, do you consider cancer your friend? And I laughed, and I said, are you out of your mind? I mean, no. He said, that's good. 
because what do you do with a friend? You keep a friend around. And then he said, well, do you see cancer as your enemy? And I said, of course. And he said, well, what do you do with an enemy? Well, when you're in resentment towards an enemy or, or who we perceive to be someone we don't like or we don't want to be around, what do we do? We keep them in our consciousness in one form or another. In other words, we keep them around. But if you see cancer as your teacher, what do you do with a teacher? Well, you have your teacher in uh, kindergarten, and then you graduate to your teacher in junior school, and then you graduate to your teacher in high school, and then to your college teacher and your postgraduate teacher. In other words, you only keep the teacher around as long as you need the teacher to learn whatever the lesson is that you're going to learn from that teacher, right? So by seeing cancer as your teacher, you start to explore what are the lessons. Now, for everyone, mm. it's different. But for me, I was a single mom, divorced mom with two kids. Uh, I, I had adopted my kids, so there were actually specific uh, challenges that you have when you're with adopted children that you might not have with children from birth. I mean, there's always challenges with kids, so it sure. doesn't matter. But, you know, there are specific uh, challenges there. I was going through a messy divorce. I, you know, all those things. And I was working at a job I actually hated at the time because I was working as an administrative dietitian because the income was much greater for an administrative dietitian than for a dietitian who was working with patients. So all of that added up to a couple of things. I was not having any fun and I was not enjoying life at all. You know, so, there, mm. so when I saw that, I didn't play. I had no fun and I didn't play and I was working 24-7 because in administrative work that's what you tend to do and I was raising two teenage kids and there's a, you know, teenagers, <laughs> kids are challenges at any time but when they're teenagers they're even greater challenges. The bigger the kid, the bigger the challenge I think sometimes. I'm not complaining, that's part of life but, but I was really literally not having any fun and I had never really explored and addressed the uh, lack of parenting when I was a child because that's what basically happens when you're with a mentally unstable parent and a parent mm. who's not available. So I was right. literally the parent. You know, I was taking care of my baby brother uh, who's, not, who's only two years younger, but when you're that young, you know... You, you take that role on, sure. So I took that role on. So I literally, from the time I was a little kid, was basically not having any fun and not enjoying life. I was always very responsible. But, I, but by being responsible, I was blocking that, uh, the feelings. And so that's the unresolved emotional issues. And when I started to do a gratitude journal, and that was the simplest practice. I do that with all of my patients. That's the, one of the first things we do is I introduce them to the concept of doing a gratitude journal every day. It only takes two, three minutes to do it. You sit down when you're feeling really, really bad and you write three to five things you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with Dr. Siegel, he said, write five things that you're grateful for. And if you can't think of anything you're grateful for, think of one thing and write it five times. <laughs> That's true. Changes the energy. Yeah. It completely changes the energy. And Lainey, I tell you, the first time I wrote in the gratitude journal, it was I was in Canada at the time. It was the middle of winter. It was a gray overcast, dreary day, one of many days over six-month period. And I remember looking out the window and saying, dear God, if you want me to write in this journal, you have got to give me a sign because I have no clue what to write. 
And it wasn't more than a minute or two later, the sun shone through the clouds just for a few seconds. And I remember feeling that that was a sign from the source, from God. And I wrote, dear God, thank you for the sun, thank you for the sun, thank you for the sun, five times. But a month later, I wrote 138 gratitudes and every single one of them was different. So what you focus on expands. And what I focused on was gratitude, and I got a whole lot more of what I was grateful for. That's one of the biggest highlights for them in their life, in their day, is writing those gratitudes. And you can do it often throughout the day. So do you feel that when we do a gratitude journal or free-form free writing, which is also really great, where you just kind of get put your pen down, when we do that, we go into a different state. We, we raise our vibration, as we talked. It shifts the energy. Is in that energy... Um, sort of like a barrier, like that goes in and helps cells or that goes in and combats or that, I mean, shifting our energy to a more positive, more enlightened state, how does that help us, um, you know, in, in the fight against cancer, let's just say? It definitely helps because when you're raising the vibrational frequency in your body, you're allowing for everything to flow. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when we talk about stress or emotional issues that are unresolved, that's blocked energy. So there's no flow there. And if there's no Mm -hmm. flow, nothing can heal. But the minute that you free up that energy, it can flow throughout your entire body. And what you're doing is that's on a mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual level that that's happening. But when you think about it from the physical perspective, What's happening is when, you're, when you've got that flow going, that energetic frequency that's moving through your body, you, you're also allowing for all those nutrients that you're you know, spending all that money on to get you well. You're allowing those nutrients to be transported easily throughout your body as well. You're allowing yeah. the air that you breathe in to be transported throughout your body as well. Beautiful. Did you have a spiritual? I know we talked about you know your your path for teaching, but were you a spiritually awakened, enlightened being prior to this journey, or did this also help awaken you? I think it helped to take it to the next level. I had mm-hmm. actually, you know, I'm from the era, Lainey, where we hitchhiked around the world. I'm the Beatle era, and so I literally was one of those people who hitchhiked around the world, ended up in India for a year and a half, and in an ashram, two ashrams actually, one for a year and one for six months. And during that time, I had learned to, you know, about breathing and, you know, focusing on pranayama, breathing exercises every day and meditation every day. But I will tell you that my, my real experience of meditation, my, the depth of it began as I was going through that journey with cancer. And so that was the difference for me, was going through that journey and then really opening up to a greater um, experience of um, what meditation is really about, not intellectually, but actually experiencing it on a deep level. Does that make sense with what I'm saying? Uh, no, it's great sense, and thank you for sharing that. I knew I loved you, but now hearing that you've you know, had these deeper India experiences, that's such a special part of the world. I think that what that does really makes up who we are on so many levels. And we know we need to balance our spiritual, our mental, our physical, our emotional. And I think that coming into a space of balance is what this is all about. 
And when we come back on the next segment, I'd love to talk about more now on the physical because that was incredible that we kind of brought in spiritual and emotional and probably a little mental there too. But really getting into some of the uh, aspects of diet and of course you being an RD and having your background would really lend to that. So if we can touch more on that on the next segment, that would be great because I know people are anxious to figure out do we do we eliminate sugars? Do we eliminate meat? Do we stay off protein? Like it probably is something that we should know for people who want to prevent in those also in process. Would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because there's it is all of those factors, Lainey. It's you know that's what I talked about in the book Instant Energy was that it's yes. the mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. It's all of those factors that are uh, incorporated. For sure. Okay, great. Well, why don't we do this? We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get right into diet for preventative cancer care. You're listening to ZGR. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, ZGR listeners. Are you living a life of purposeful meaning? If you're not sure, here are some signs that you may be out of purpose and out of alignment. Have you felt a sense of dread about your life? feeling flat and apathetic. Maybe you feel that something is missing or you feel resentful because you want to be doing something else or you might feel anxiety about setting goals and feel fatigued all the time. If you're feeling any of these and you're ready to move out of those experiences and into the joy of discovering and allowing your divine purpose to unfold in your life, emotional freedom technique might be right for you. Spiritual alchemist Nico Anna Burkhart uses EFT which is also known as tapping in the law of attraction, in profound ways to support you to identify the limiting beliefs that have kept you from finding your true purpose. Once we identify and clear those unwanted beliefs, you can begin to discover what you really want out of life in a way that leaves you feeling empowered and aligned with yourself. Contact Nico at NicoAnnaBurkhart.com. That's N-I-K-O-A-N-A-B-U-R-K-H-A-R-D-T dot com. They'd rather say the C word. Uh, and touched in I some way it. by cancer. Me as a, a July but baby, Marilyn, I don't even like to that, say the word cancer when someone says what's just your astrological thrilled. sign. Just thrilled I say, to be I'm back here child. on BBS Radio. Uh, it's so just, I don't thanks, like the word. Thanks, Dawn and Doug. So and everybody just, in BBS you know, land, we are thrilled to be back what it does. here. And, you know, and it does to have what an, a wonderful guest, actually two guests today, sharing their background and world on the world of cancer. loved ones. And um, how it not is make it, and then there's able the ones who to be, are. So, uh, anyways, let's, let's. I don't even know if we can say we can uh, with everybody right now. I'm talking more about it, but we know that there's diet, a world of knowledge out there, and there's also a world of and speculation, and a variation of different as well as questions. Things. So, share your wisdom with us. Excellent expert that I very much am looking forward to talking to for some time and getting the timing right. A lot of different right now. So, I'm very thrilled. To have not. here and today, Doctor Marilyn Joyce, who is the Vitality Doctor people. with you know, it's, an absolute wealth program. of experience. However, if you don't know who she is. She's been on Montel and L and NPR and TLC. I mean, she's just a wonderful media darling because she really knows what she's doing, saying, and she knows it because it's been a personal journey of hers herself. So I could go on and on about her resume and her highly acclaimed books. Talk about them today, and of course, you're all going to go to Dr. Marilyn 
Joyce.com after you hear this show. So let me welcome her right now, Dr. Marilyn Joyce. Thank you for being here on Zeta Global Radio and sharing your wisdom with our listeners. Cancer cells do not thrive well in an oxygenated environment. So Yes, I feel like we've been on a journey, and it's interesting, like, we know just from being enlightened beings that it's just trusting in the alignment, in the knowing of when it's going to line up, and, you know, when we kind of touched base a few years ago, I had nobody in my life at that moment, but then a dear friend, a young, young woman, and just turned 40, Fiona Faye, she was actually, was on our show two years ago, and she she passed away last year, on the and my mother-in-law is in the middle of because most uh, people do a cancer not crisis, water. too. So cancer is very coffee. up on the radar, not, the and not just for me, but I'm sure to many of our coffee. listeners. Really but we want to leave everybody but today with some incredible tips and support and wonderful, wonderful perspectives on how we can combat this. You're talking to someone who just spent 15 years in New Mexico, so... Being Living in a desert, okay, it's like we can, being we can completely part comes into so our lives. So I, I am I'm thrilled to be going to begin a, by just sharing a little bit about moisture. your background, so people even <laughs> know. Um, I don't know. Who I you know are, how important it is. They don't with all your wonderful yeah, books, what you're all about, and why you the are the Vitality Doctor. Don't think about it, but you really actually need a lot more water there because your body is constantly, you know, uh, dispensing water from every pore in in your body, and especially mm-hmm. your skin. So, yeah, that's very important. So water is, you know, I talk about that a lot in Instant Energy. There's a, whole, there's a whole chapter on water. And the other uh, important thing that I recommend is something very basic and very simple, but this, the research has also shown this to be true, too, that when you ground your body by what we call earthing, walking on the earth, and that's the earth or grass or sand, that's not concrete or wood, that's earth or grass or sand. You take off your shoes and socks and walk on the earth. And what they found is in just five minutes of doing that, blood that was basically, you know, the platelets were all clumped together. Within five minutes, those platelets were freely flowing and all separate from each other. So that's a huge difference right there because if you've got your blood flowing easily, you're going to have a better transportation system throughout your body with the nutrients. Are you going to share why those statistics have just dramatically increased? Because those are huge numbers. and It's it's obviously jarring and scary, and we're trying to find a way to stay grounded when we know these elements are true facts. Process the food, and that's like taking an apple. That's basic, that's healthy, that's nutritious. Great fast food, by the way. You know, grab an apple and run. Can't get faster Mm -hmm. than that and healthier. So there's an apple. The minute you make it into applesauce, you have now lost a lot of the nutrition that's in that apple. If you make it into apple fries or chips, I guess apple chips is the word, you make it into those fried chips, like potato chips, except they're apple chips, then you've taken it to the next level of nutrient uh, decomposition. So it's really important to consider having whole food in whole food form. Of course. And that comes down to if you are eating meat, you're going to want to go for wild fish or uh, wild game meat versus for uh, domestically raised animals. You know, so it's really getting back to the very basics in everything that you're taking into your body. 
And also, I'm, I'm a real advocate for organic. And I know there's a lot of people who argue with me and say there's no difference. But there's been a lot of research done to show the different nutrient densities of organic versus non-organic, or what we refer to as commercial fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've got the dirty dozen, which I think is now up to the dirty 15, but, uh, <laughs> but you've got your dirty dozen, your healthy whatever. And, um, you know, it's, a, it's really wise to pay attention to that. If people are on a budget, I always say to them, okay, let's take a look at what you, can, what you must buy organically and what is not so important to buy organically. For example, an organic banana isn't going to make that much of a difference because the problem is in the skin, not the fruit with the banana. And with the banana, you know, you, you don't eat the skin of the banana. But if you eat the skin of something or you eat the seeds in something, like I love to eat the seeds in an apple or a pear or whatever it is that has a seed that, that's edible, um, then I'm going to want to have organic because if you're having uh, commercial apples or pears, you're actually getting all of those pesticides that are trapped in the seeds of that fruit. What about antioxidants? I know people talk about that a lot. Is there certain foods that you, first off, are you a believer in that? Because I don't know if that's a theory. And two, if it is, are there certain foods that are higher in antioxidants that people should focus on? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I do, I do believe in, if you can find a whole, a nutritional product, like a Were you product. on this journey um, as a, an the, expert in nutrition you know, and, like and sort of your life calling media. prior to There's your diagnosis, or was that the changing uh, point on the, on the call what here, you were going to do here, and but, what you do now, but, bringing you know, there are your gifts out to the world for others? based nutritional products. I don't, I don't call them supplements so much, but they're nutritional products that you can get. And, you know, every year I go to the Natural Products Expo and I meet with all the people and look at what their products are. And so I've come across several of them that I refer my clients to and my patients to because they're, they're whole food based. So if you can find whole food supplementation, uh, then that's a great idea to, to include that, especially if you're going through the journey of cancer or any other major illness where your body is compromised. We're going to have to do like a uh, part two and a part three because this one hour is not nearly going to cover it. If if we could switch gears for a second, because just in the remaining time left, I want to talk about stress. And I know you have a new book that's just come out. And for all of you listening, you can go and get any of her books right at the Zeta Global Radio store, uh, right on ZetaGlobalRadio.com, as well as DrMarilynJoyce.com. So many options, of course, on our Facebook page as well. But let's talk about stress because you just wrote a book about it, and I know how important that piece is as well to the overall puzzle of prevention. Yes, it absolutely is, Lainey. For most of my career in the health field, I have talked about stress as being the causative factor of basically every illness, the underlying cause of every major illness, because it's blocking the flow like we talked about earlier. So I wrote a book called The Stress to Success Formula, and it's Transform Your Life, uh, Career, and Business Now. Now, in that book, the word transform actually is the acronym for the steps that I use when I'm working with my patients. They're the steps I've been using forever with my patients, but I had never really put them in. I use the word act energy as an acronym for what I teach, the five keys to unlimited energy. But in the stress to success formula, I literally break wow. it down into very quick and easy five-minute strategies that basically anyone can do anywhere, anytime. It's not about having to spend a lot of money for it. Some of the things are exactly what we talked about on the show today. 
and we address nutrition, we address, you know, how to do mindfulness meditation and very easily and quickly how to get yourself into the place where that can benefit your body. But, I mean, there's just so much. It, it would be impossible to discuss it all. But the fact of the matter is that when we get a handle on stress, and I'm not just talking about managing it, I'm talking about conquering it, really taking charge of it. And once you do that, you'll, your life will never be the same again. You'll definitely feel a lot better than you've ever felt before. Well, that's powerful, and I think that conquering it, like what you're saying, is creating sort of your new paradigm, which will allow you to not only be healthy, but also probably wealthy and prosperous and probably have wonderful relationship. It's an overall formula Sorry, I for remember everything back. you want in your life. Absolutely. When I think... I, oh, well, it's absolutely okay to mention that, and I'm glad you did. And I thank you so much for being here today. And again, we're going to have you back on the show whenever we can, because I think just getting updates of what you're learning in the field, anything new you can share, we'll just do a touch-in whenever we can with you. And I thank you so much for taking the time out to spend time with us, sharing just uh, even just a thumbnail of your knowledge, just personally and professionally. So thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you, Lainey. This has just been so much fun. You're, you're fabulous. <laughs> oh, thank you. Back at you. When we come back, the last segment, we're going to introduce you to Liz Anderson, oh, yes. who is also a cancer survivor, and she's going to give perspective from her point of view. She's now going eight, nine-year survivor from breast cancer. So we're going to have her when we return. Please listen to our wonderful sponsors again. To find out more about Dr. Marilyn Joyce, just go to her website, drmarilynjoyce.com. You're listening to Lainey Savante Wolken here with Dr. Marilyn Joyce on Zeta Global Radio. We'll be back in a moment. Spiritual Communities Network, where we honor the uniqueness in our oneness. Visit our website to meet our vast spiritual community of healers, therapists, conscious events, and activities. Visit and check out our directory, upcoming retreats, workshops, products, free videos, and much more. Many services are available globally by phone, Skype, and other sources of media. You'll also find more information on how you can be a member to promote the work you're doing in the world. Visit us now at spiritualcommunitiesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending the whole day here with us. And we hope you found some very powerful information here shared already by Dr. Marilyn Joyce. And in our last segment, I'm very happy to have here also a breast cancer survivor. Liz Anderson is here with us. She was a stage three breast cancer survivor. Now, eight years later, she's going to talk with us and share her story. She is now an entrepreneur in many arenas in her life doing very, very good works in the world, including being a market partner for Monate Global, and she'll talk all about that. So welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being so brave here, sharing your story, and inspiring other Liz. It's so glad to have you here. Well, thank you very much. I'm very, very happy uh, to be with you today, and uh, very honored. 
uh, to be able to to speak um, on your show. Um, my experience has certainly been one um, that uh, has been quite a journey, and um, I do enjoy sharing it with others just to help, um, not just to educate, but also to give hope and support uh, to those who are going through, you know, maybe a similar situation today. Well, and of course, uh, that's what Dr. Marilyn was also sharing, and that's the whole focus of our show here is to really um, so bring those awarenesses, things people might not know, uh, sharing alternatives. But really what this show is all about is to bring a voice to real people, real experiences, nothing doctored up, but just real transparency of what people's journeys were like. So why don't you share a little bit about your journey and also some of the things that you felt really worked in your, um, you know, worked in your favor, brought you to some greater aha moments, some awarenesses. Was it Western? Was it uh, alternative? Was it a mix? Just a little bit and a lot of bit. And and thank you so much again for being here. So take it away. Absolutely. Um, Well, I was a a bit of a gym rat uh, back then eight years ago. I was in the gym three, four times a week. Um, I ate fairly well, at least I thought. Um, I was slim. Um, I danced. I did Zumba. A number of things. I was a very active, you know, young woman. And um, I had a mammogram uh, just like I had the year before and actually several years before that. Um, I was 46 years of age at diagnosis, so I had been going, you know, probably since I was about 39. And um, 2009 was no different. Um, I went in to see my radiographer and had my mammogram, and we sat down after the mammogram to look at the slides like we had done many times before. But this time it was very different. Uh, This time I had what looked like a, a constellation of stars in my left breast and um, I looked at him and I said you know what's that and he just said well you know nothing to worry we just need to investigate this further so it kind of did concern me because I hadn't seen that before and um, especially when he asked me to stay um, for another hour to see if we could do further testing and of course we did Um, the further testing was a BSGI which made it very evident that there was something not good um, on the slide and um, it turned out to be stage three HER2 positive which is aggressive breast cancer I was numb at first because I had had a mammogram every year I'd done you know what what you know, we're asked to do routine mammograms. I had no lump. I had no feelings of any kind. I mean, I had no clue. No, I was dancing the night before just as usual. I was quite thin and I've always kind of had to work to keep my weight down, but I thought it was all the dancing I was doing. You know, I'd never in a million years uh, thought it might be something like this. And I have no family history. So it wasn't something that I thought maybe at some point in my life, you know, would would show up on my doorstep just didn't expect it so um i I kind of went first of all obviously the shock and and the fainting and all that that was the initial reaction and then i kind of went into fight mode i went into oh my gosh you know what do we need to do here you know how, how do we fix this type of thing and um i kind of went into overdrive just completely focused on you know how how we could you know resolve this and um as time went by um of course i had a number of more tests and tests and tests and tests. And um, 
the final diagnosis was indeed that um, this was substantial. It was a multifocal, which means it was in several areas of the breast. It was microcalcification, which was the reason why I had no lump. And um, it was suggested that I have a lumpectomy. Uh, the doctor thought, okay, let's do a lumpectomy. Let's see, you know, how that goes and, and we'll kind of, you know, decide from there. In my head, I knew it was all over the breast. I knew it was aggressive and I made the decision to have a bilateral mastectomy. Mm -hmm. um, I just figured, you know what, this has kind of popped out of nowhere. I have no family history. I have no reason in my head of why this should happen to me. I just don't want to be in a similar position six months down the road with the other breast in the same you know, condition. I opted to have a, a bilateral mastectomy just a couple of weeks after my diagnosis. And, um, and then I went through chemotherapy and radiation and reconstruction. And it was a two and a half year journey of treatments and surgeries. Do you feel that along the journey, and of course, it, this time period on the show won't even begin to give your journey justice, we'd probably need to spend hours really just sharing because that's quite a, um, you know, uh, pivotal shift, paradigm shifting change in your life. Did you, sort of like Dr. Joyce was sharing, were there pieces that came up as far as emotional releases? Were there diet changes? Did you do any alternative sort of shamanistic rituals, any spiritual discoveries, or was it more mainstream that you, the route you took, or was it a combo? Well, the initial feelings were fear. I mean, I was terrified. Um, I, I didn't want to know exactly what my statistics were. And I actually mentioned that to my oncologist. Please don't tell me what the numbers are because I don't want to get fixated on that. I just want to move forward and try to, you know, go through whatever I, I need to go through to survive. Um, so fear was the initial terrifying emotion. And then from there, it was, okay, what do I need to do? You know, a traditional medicine, um, oncology is fabulous. My oncologist was fantastic. They did not really um, recommend much in the way of holistic um, alternative um, methods. But I did do a little bit on my own uh, with that. Um, I certainly went into a little bit of medication, uh, sorry, meditation, not medication, meditation, uh, some yoga. Um, I did have a little bit of acupuncture. Um, I continued to work out, but on a much, you know, slower level, lower level than what I had done in the past. My diet really was not too bad when I was diagnosed, but I became more aware and more conscious of what I was putting in my body. I was reading labels. I was um, trying to make sure that I washed my hands before I went into the grocery store, tried to keep germs, uh, my exposure to germs, down to a minimum. So... Consciously and subconsciously, I did do a number of things. I don't think I even realized at the time how much I was doing because I was so focused on the goal of hopefully, you know, surviving. Um, and I did pray. And I did, um, I mean, I got on my knees, you know, a number of times, especially going through those chemo treatments. They were, they were very harsh. Um, I was in a, a clinical trial uh, because of, of the diagnosis. Uh, so I received actually stage four drugs uh, for chemo, which were not typical at that time for stage three. Um, they really knocked me down to the ground. And when you're knocked down like that, um, 
you know, it's just amazing the things that go through your mind. So I, I kind of did my own little um, thing, I guess, with with, medica- with med- meditation and with um, just tuning into my body and, and what mm-hmm. was going on with it. Uh, visualization, um, seeing those cancer cells um, just blow up, you know, the, seeing the chemo running through me and just having those cancer cells, you know, just disappear. Um, yeah, it was quite a journey, definitely. Big hugs around you. So going through the journey, where you are now, eight years later, obviously it's changed you exponentially. How has it affected what you do, what you've chosen to do, who you choose to do it with? I'm sure it's put in a new footing in all ways on your perspectives. I would say it has in many, many different ways. You find out who your friends are. Uh, you found out you find out you know who who your supporters are, regardless of how you feel or how you look, because when you're bald and you have no breasts, you certainly are not physically looking like the same person um, that yeah. you were before, and you have to adapt to that. You know, you adapt to okay, this is me now. This is the new me. Hopefully, my hair will grow out, and hopefully, I'll be able to have reconstruction, and uh, and I will look somewhat like I did before, but but likely never the same. And it was the acceptance of that. It was accepting that I was alive. Um, it was going to funerals of friends who did pass from breast cancer, who had small children, and standing there um, at the funeral, wondering why in the world did she not make it when she has those two little girls. And here I am, you know, older and with a grown child. I'm still here. Why am I still here? What is my purpose? Um, Why did I survive this? And I went through that for quite some time. And I stumbled a few times. I tried some different um, jobs, professions, just kind of trying to find who this new me was and why I'm here and what what is my purpose? Um, How can I give back? Because I'm incredibly grateful uh, to be here and to be healthy. Um, so how do I do that? And I, and I did. I went through several different jobs and several different situations um, to try and rebuild my life, I guess, but in a new way and with new limitations, um, but also with, with great gifts because I met some tremendous people through this process. Um, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and what do I put on and in my body? Because we don't know why this happened to me. So what was I doing? What was I using? What was I eating? So just a, a, a very uh, strong awareness and consciousness of, of how I'm treating this, this one body I have, um, which led me to what I'm doing today. Um, and like I said, I stumbled a few times. And when I finally found it, it was a huge um, relief. And um, I've been now with Monate Global for a year, partnered with them, and I absolutely love it, and I really feel like I'm giving back um, for being here and helping you know, other people, you know, helping other people who may be in a similar position or, or just people who, you know, these are naturally based hair products, um, so there's no chemicals, you know, going into the scalp, which is what, you know, I did for years, um, helping other women post-chemotherapy and helping, you know, the average person who may have thin hair or frizzy hair or, you know, just some some hair issues that they may not be 100% happy with, our products can help improve that, improve the appearance and the self-esteem and the self-worth and health. So it's a a beautiful thing. And like I said, I'm, I'm 
I stumbled and I'm grateful to, to feel like I'm in the place where I was supposed to be all along. Mm. Wow. We never know where the universe is going to take us. And now I'm grateful that you actually introduced me to Monique Global and I love it. And I know many other people who love it. So, uh, thank you for that. And thank you for being here today to share this. Just, I know it's just a thumbnail sketch and thank you to Dr. Joyce as well. And I know that she went through many different, uh, scenarios as she shared here today. So if you get a chance, everyone out there listening, please take an opportunity to uh, further the works these beautiful ladies are doing. Do you want to give a website or how people can learn more about the work that you're doing now, Liz? Sure, yes. Um, My website is www.lizanderson.mymonate.com. And Monate is spelled M-O-N-A-T. Dot com. Oh, yes. But thank you. Thank you so much for having me on here today. I very much appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. And I hope everybody really took this show in and really got a chance to experience what the journey was like for these ladies, even ever so brief, but also if you feel that this is some uh, wisdom that you can share with others, please do. You can go right to ZetaGlobalRadio.com. You can go to BBSRadio.com slash ZGR, as well as our Facebook page where we have a thriving community here to support all of you out there who are needing assistance. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Liz, and thank you again to Dr. Joyce. We appreciate all of you and wish you a very blessed week.